I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And uh, hopefully you had a lovely weekend uh, as you listen to this. Hopefully you got outside, you know, breathed some fresh air, had some, like, physical activity in your mitts. Do you think that's possible, though? I mean, considering just how much television was on this weekend? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's actually, yeah, you, you, you probably stayed inside and caught up on television. That was the right thing to do. That was the correct choice. Don't worry. There was Curb Your Enthusiasm, there was Last Man on Earth, there was a new episode of Episodes, there was Star Trek Discovery, there was Outlander, there was Outlander. The Deuce. Yeah. Oh, the... I'm sorry. You're right. Outlander. 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 And, and The Deuce, you're I've correct. I've never seen Outlander, so I don't... You've never seen Outlander? Well, I've seen some of the first season, but I, I don't feel like I could do an accent. You saw all the doing it. I saw some of the doing it. I, okay. Well, I saw all of the doing it because you watched it repeatedly at work on your computer with your giant monitor facing me. So, yes. It's why I made them make sure that I can't face the office. Again, this does not help in any way, shape, or form with my accent work. But, I mean, there's vivid imagery in my head. Of course. That's what matters. That, <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> that is the key. Uh, but, yeah, I think that everybody probably just sat at home and watched sportsing events and then television events, well, right? unless they went to the movies. Why would they go to the movies, Liz? Uh, because I don't know if you've heard of this fellow named Tom Cruise. Mm, Tom, Tom Cruise, that's... Does that sound like someone you maybe have idolized for decades? Mm, I feel like, I feel like if he was someone I idolized for decades, then I feel like everybody would probably idolize him as well. And um, then, then you, uh, who, who's an avid moviegoer, especially this weekend, sure. uh, and everyone else would have made the time yeah. to see a new Tom Cruise movie. Monsieur Tom Cruise. Is he French? I don't know. He could be French. He could have some French in his, in his, in his ancestry. Pretty sure he's German. Really? I think so. Oh. That computes. Well, his family name is Bethropper, right? Uh, that's close. Um, We're actually looking up now whether or not Tom Cruise is French. I don't know how to say his, his real last name. It's M-A-P-O-T-H-E-R. So right. Liz was very close. Because I, I, his cousin was on uh, Lost. He has German, Irish, and English ancestry, Liz. Okay. No French. No French. Thank God. Thank God. German, Irish. But Champion blood. The reason we're talking about Tom Cruise, which is not normally a subject that comes up on this podcast, so it does well, come up in the office yes. quite a bit. So who's to say if it came up on the podcast or not? <laughs> yes, but the point, the reason we're bringing it up is because Ben lobbied for an interesting idea that I I'm not sure about, which is that Tom Cruise should never make a TV show. Now. To be fair, I started on the other side of it. So I, I began by saying that Tom Cruise should absolutely come do TV. But that was a selfish thing because you just want to interview Tom Cruise. Uh, this, this is true. But that will still inform the argument that we're about to have because I'm going to be fighting conflicting emotions. I, I eventually made my way around to the other side in which I said, yes, that I don't, I don't think at this moment that Tom Cruise should do television. Nor can I see a foreseeable future in which he would be required or or feel the need to do television. Um, and I think that's only true for a very select 
few people. Like we've we've talked about before, and the conversation's been out there for a long time, as Liz wisely pointed out during the first attempt to record this podcast, that movie stars can come to TV without it really affecting their career. Everybody seems to be doing it. Everybody seems to have made at least one or two appearances or had their own show or you know done a limited series on HBO. Um, Come back anytime, Nicole. We're happy to have you. <laughs> anytime. You can't wait for another Hemingway and Gellhorn. Uh, <laughs> a deep cut. Nice. Deep, deep cut. But, uh, but I think, and I stand by this I, so far until Liz proves me wrong, I think that there's a handful of people who have not done TV, nor should they do TV, because they still see a value in their career of making people pay to go to the theater to see them, and they don't want to diminish that by any shape or form letting them be seen for free in the home. And uh, setting aside the argument that no television is actually free, and you have to buy a cable subscription or get a streaming service or what have you unless you're going on broadcast, I I don't really buy into that in terms of how people are perceived, and I think once certain stars were to come to TV, it might diminish that kind of event uh, mentality that surrounds their movies. And Tom Cruise is still somebody who, as much as his recent failures have damaged his career uh, or have damaged this reputation, he's still somebody who makes event movies. His movies are always an event to go see. They're a standalone prospect. And uh, other examples I'd include of this would be Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Though I feel like well, Leonardo DiCaprio, I don't see ever doing TV necessarily. You know, now that he's past his growing pains days. Remember that? Remember how Leonardo DiCaprio's on growing pains? Nope. That's... Don't. Don't remember that. Yeah, he would play this orphan teen who uh, the family took in and gave him gave him shelter for a while. I think Tom Cruise is on TV. I'm sure Tom Cruise has done. Well, actually, I don't know if Tom Cruise has done actual TV. Uh, not according to his IMDb page. Yeah, that's Great. He's, he's what a streak. No, it's it's it, he's the rare actor who didn't who didn't get a, either get his start on TV or even like do even like the slightest amount of dalliance on TV, because um, he was just kind of a movie star right out of the gate. But I mean, it's not impossible. Straight from endless love. <laughs> I mean, the thing with Tom Cruise is that it's not impossible to imagine HBO throwing enough money at him to do a six part limited series at some point, especially if like it was some sort of passion project for him. And I, I don't think I actually disagree with this because I, I feel like I feel like stuff like American Made and stuff like I mean, oddly enough, the Mission Impossible franchise have become Tom Cruise's passion projects. He's such an adrenaline junkie and somebody who wants to make a big spectacle for people that I feel like his future is more in line with creating as many of those kind of things as they can. And as much as HBO enjoys making spectacle-driven TV, thanks to Game of Thrones, I don't think that that's in line exactly with what Tom Cruise wants to do. Now, I know you're talking more about uh, perhaps a novel that he finds and wants to adapt into a very serious awards-like fair, and he just can't quite get the budget for it. But Tom Cruise can get the budget for it because he's still got all those foreign sales that are backing a lot of his career, like a lot of his bigger flops. Um, so even something like The Mummy ends up making a good chunk of money when God knows that was a terrible, terrible film. Uh, but So I, I don't know if I can see a scenario in which he would want to go over to the small screen, nor would I think that that would be beneficial for him, uh, whereas other people... Other people, it can be like other people. It can it can help you 
become more identifiable. It can help you feel like you're part of the group. It can help you feel like you're, uh, you know, friends with these people or making an intimate connection with them in a special way because uh, that's one of the many powers of television. But Tom Cruise wants to be a movie star. He wants to be bigger than the small screen can ever get. Like, so I, I just, I don't know if that's going to be, I don't think that's going to be beneficial for him. It's all true, and yet you said a thing that connected to another thing in my brain, and now I'm just, all I can think about is what it would be like if Tom Cruise was on Game of Thrones. Oh, that'd be terrible. What, what, what would be the best Tom Cruise role on Game of Thrones? There isn't one. No, really? He would, he would sully his good name by going on that show. From the perspective of someone who doesn't hate Game of Thrones, like, can, can, can you put yourself in that mindset or no? I don't hate Game of Thrones. You hate Game of Thrones. I don't use the word hate except when it comes to truly treacherous things like Scientology. Um, (laughs) But I I don't think, first of all, he'd be, (laughs) he'd be the best, he'd be the best, most prominent figure on the show. He'd be the only one we could immediately identify without just being like, oh, well, even though he's white, like without just being, oh, you're just another white face in a white crowd of white people. Um, I think that he would be too big for the show and he would he would steal attention. It would be bad. So I don't even think he could do like a cameo or like a brief appearance or anything. I think he would just, he'd be, he'd be Ed Sheeran times a billion, <laughs> except a good actor. And hopefully they wouldn't make him, what would be the equivalent He'd probably fly in on a dragon. Of course. He should totally fly in on a dragon. I don't know. Would he buzz the tower with Draco? What's one of the dragon's names? Oh, gosh. It's like Drago. I think think Drago was the one who died. I think Drago is a Harry Potter name. No, that's Draco. Whatever. (laughs) They wouldn't get that close. Anyway, we're getting off point. I, I don't think he could – I don't think he can guest star in the way that, like, say, Brad Pitt guest starred on Friends because Brad Pitt guest starring on Friends was a huge big deal because Friends was one of the biggest shows on TV and it was broadcast and there was a connection to his wife at the time. Um, were they married at that point or they were were they just dating? I think they were married. Okay. Pretty sure they are married. Um, but I don't think Tom Cruise could do even that because he's not that kind of guy. He's not a – at the time, Brad Pitt was, you know, the least controversial person in the world. Everybody got excited and loved him, and he was just happy to see a movie star pop into Friends, their favorite show on TV. Tom Cruise carries a lot of baggage with him, so I don't think he's going to be, like, people will be chomping at the bit, nor would he be willing to just step into that role. And then when it comes to something like, you mentioned, like a passion project, then, you know, we've already gone over that. I just feel like it's going to be easier and more beneficial for him to do that as a film. Right. You made your point clear on the fact that you don't think Tom Cruise should be, ever do a TV show. If Tom Cruise were to do a TV show, what 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 do you think is like the ideal thing he should do? I think like five years down the line, he's done too many to like the the Mission Impossible franchises kind of collapsed underneath him. He's hurting for work. All right, I'm going to play out the only scenarios in which. Tom Cruise could ever come to television. Right. In the past, I wrote, this was when Edge of Tomorrow came out, a.k.a. Live, Die, Repeat, which is what both the director and most well-educated cinefolk believe the title should be. Um, I wrote an article that said that Tom Cruise needs to stop making blockbusters, and I stand by that. He makes great blockbusters, and he's made great blockbusters, including Live, Die, Repeat. Um, But 
he is at his best when he's working with a director like Paul Thomas Anderson or Oliver Stone or Stanley Kubrick. When somebody actually pushes him to do something different and new, we see this kind of movie stardom stretched in a fascinating way, which is both immediately compelling to watch because you're still watching a movie star and also a fascinating performance because Cruz is such a meticulous actor. He's somebody who can control his body in ways that other people only dream to be able to do, especially performers. Um, so let's say he takes that advice. He His blockbusters somehow fall apart. Maybe the injury he sustained on set of the latest Mission Impossible has hampered his running ability. Please, God, don't let that ever be true. Tom Cruise should always run, even when he's 110 years old. Um, but let's say that happens, and he needs a project to keep his name out there. Um, I mean, it's tough. I, I feel like Netflix would give him enough money to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. I feel like HBO would be the prestige pick we'd want to see him paired up with the right director. So I would hope that what would happen would be a Magnolia-esque combination where he is pulled in by a very specific character and by a very specific artist or auteur who really wants him to do this one thing and for whatever freaking reason Tom Cruise wants to do it too. I feel like it, that's a really good point about like pairing him with an auteur. Like, cause I feel like that is, you, you are correct. Like, I feel like his best work has always come as a result of him being like, him being put, paired with someone who challenges him, and which is something he seems to actively ch- chase every once in a while. Um, I mean, you wouldn't want to go, period. It'd probably be, you probably, honestly, probably, like, it'd be interesting, like, to see him do something more genre-y. Because he does, he does enjoy, see, he does seem to enjoy doing genre stuff. He does, and I mean, he, he always kind of gets in with, you know, action and, and aliens and stuff, but it, it's tough to imagine him doing something like that. Instead of ju- it just being a movie. Like, instead of it just being the one thing. It would have to be something that, it would have to be something like I've heard American Made is, where it, it's a character, if it's going to be an ongoing series, as opposed to what we were just talking about, where it's more of an auteur project, six-part, bringing them in for a prestige thing, if it's going to be an ongoing TV show that he's the star of, or a series regular on, it would have to be something like American Made, where it's catering to that movie stardom, where it's catering to what Tom Cruise is, and you just enjoy watching him again and again every week. Um, It's hard to say what would keep his interest in that outside of the things that are keeping his interest now, because those would all just be more movie projects for him. Um, But the thing is, if if you're just coasting on the likability of Tom Cruise, he could literally do any TV show he wanted to, but I, I don't think that's necessarily good for him. So then we're just getting off point. I always think, like, the best, the best, like, like almost like an anthology series might be a good fit just because that way he's like doing a variety of things on a regular basis. I don't know. Maybe what oh my god, I love this idea. This is a terrible idea, but I love it. Tom Cruise stars in a Quantum Leap reboot. I am not familiar enough with this to give it a go ahead or not. The show, the show Quantum Leap? No. Uh well, every week on Quantum Leap, um, 
the main character would find himself leaped into somebody else's body over the course of decades. Hard pass. And he, but he, you know, it's, it's, it, he appears as him, but oh, he. I see. So he's on screen. You see him on screen, but like if you if you like if they they would always like have a shot where like he looks in the mirror and you see like who he actually is and who everyone thinks he is. I see. And uh, so he'd always, every week there was like some sort of new weird thing he had to do and some weird new problem to solve. I feel like you could you could have picked all of this up from uh, that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, in which Scott Bakula himself That's true. co-starred. I had forgotten about that. That's a very good point. Yes. Point is, is that if if Tom Cruise starred in a Quantum Leap reboot, which is, again, not a good idea, but the best idea I've had in a long time, um, which says something about the ideas I've had lately. Um, if he did that, then he would get to do a variety of different things and a variety of different stunts, play a variety of different characters. And uh, it'd be a genre, it'd be genre, it'd be compelling in that respect. I think you're thinking about it too generically. Tom Cruise doesn't seem like the kind of guy who wants to do a massive variety of things. He's somebody who's built a career on taking his persona and injecting it and twisting it ever so slightly with a bunch of different characters. So he's always playing Tom Cruise. Now, the idea of Tom Cruise playing somebody who every week he's confused by something is great. Because when Tom Cruise gets confused and flabbergasted and frustrated, it's delightful. Uh, The only good scene in The Mummy is when Tom Cruise wakes up after the plane crash and he's and he's talking to a woman who watched him die and she's like how are you here you were in a plane crash and you we had your body in a morgue and he's sitting there with like six shots lined up on the table a beer in both hands and he just looks at her and shrugs his shoulders shakes his head and does a shot and takes a swig of beer with nothing said whatsoever he's just so flabbergasted and confused and then go back to live die repeat the whole performance is based on him trying to figure things out, and it's so funny to watch him go through it. He's a fantastic comedic actor. He's always best when he's kind of just tugged at these ways that, that get him you know, flabbergasted and confused, and he's, he's, he's in a panic. That's why action movies play so well for him, because a lot of them rely on the performance being, you know, you know there's a big twist, and he's got to figure out what to do next, and he wasn't expecting this, or he got hit in the face, and he's like, why'd you hit me in the face? And he's looking at them funny. That's great for Tom Cruise. So the idea of him... Some suddenly inhabiting a new body every week and and looking in a mirror and being like, what the hell is going on? Is is great. I like that idea. I don't think we necessarily need to see him stretched. We want Tom Cruise to be Tom Cruise. We if we're gonna do an ongoing series, that's what we'd have to have. We'd have to have him being himself for the majority of it, and then just subtly poked and prodded as TV does very well. And then if he's doing the limited series, if he's doing something shorter, that's when we want to see him make some sort of transformation a la a Magnolia or a Born on the Fourth of July or I would argue an Eyes Wet Shut. I, I think he's highly underrated in Eyes Wet Shut, but Yeah, I mean I feel like I feel like we're in agreement. Tom Cruise should start a reboot of uh, Quantum Leap. That's Well I, I don't no. He's too good for that. Who's too good for Quantum Leap? Tom Cruise. Most that's, people. That's mean. I don't think so. Quantum Leap was a great show. It was a solid show. You've never seen Quantum Leap. I know, but I, I'm basing it off of the cultural <laughs> milieu, the perception. Yeah, I the mean. The general agreement that we all have. Yeah, I mean, that's I, let's call that the question of the week, I suppose. It's just like, you know, what do you, if, if you had to put Tom Cruise in a TV show, what TV show would you put Tom Cruise in? 
Um, I think it's an interesting idea still to kind of dwell on the fact of whether or not it would be it would be good for him. Because one of the things, I mean, I think one of the things honestly standing in his way, and we're not really talking about this as in general, but I mean, the Scientology thing is really hampering because TV is something that requires you to get to know someone a little bit and to welcome them a little bit and to not be totally on guard and need to separate their off-screen persona with what happens on screen. So the idea of him doing a show where he'd be part of your life like that on a regular basis might be too much for some people to handle as much as they just want to watch Tom Cruise be Tom Cruise. Um, So there is a little bit of a distancing effect that the theater allows you to have. I'm a little confused about that just because I feel like we have so many TV stars right now who are very devoted Scientologists. Not to the... Not to the knowledgeable extreme that I'd say Tom Cruise is. Fair. Like that's fair. Even Elizabeth Moss is pretty quiet about it. Yeah. So I, I think it's a different foray when that conversation comes in line. That's not to say there's not problematic TV stars out there, but also of the of the high regard and demand that Cruise finds himself in of the movie star level. Um, so I'd say that that's an, one of the issues facing Tom Cruise coming over. So he'd almost have to abandon that for it to totally work out. But that could just be a perceptional thing. Mm. Could go a lot of different ways. I mean, in terms of in terms of like how in terms of how the Scientology would affect him as a as a TV star. It's also interesting because TV stars are generally more accessible. Than movie stars like the the i'd say that it's usually easier for the press and and more in need of press attention to be able to talk to these guys like even if they do something smaller usually they're going to get on the junket and promote the hell out of it i will say like it feels like it's it's at the very least like i feel like it's much more i feel like it's a rarity that a, a, a tv person won't be on twitter which uh you know, well, Tommy C's on Twitter. Well, of course, Tommy C's on Twitter, I know. But, like, I feel like there are definitely TV actors who aren't on Twitter, um, but they're not as prevalent as as it is on the film side, I think. I think it's much more... Uh, it's it, it, More often than not, film people won't be on Twitter, whereas TV people will. Yeah, there's a... There's a I feel like there's more of a two-way street between television and its audience than film and its audience. I mean, there's definitely plenty of film stars who've built their career on uh, being transparent and treating their fans first. Just look at Vin Diesel and The Rock. I mean, those are pretty good examples of people who are are huge movie stars and have massive online followings, and that's one of the reasons they're so successful. That being said, The Rock is also a TV star. He is? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's an interesting discussion to have as to whether or not anybody's kind of off limits for movies these days. Um, for TV. For TV who come from movies these days. Um, and it, it is, I mean, it's one of those, I mean, even Liz, you agreed that you're not, we're not going to see Leo on a TV show. And he definitely doesn't need to do it. He's commanding, what, 20, 25 million a movie? Yeah. Plus back end? I mean, I think... It, you know he's he does a movie a movie every once in a while and he hangs out with the pussy posse and he's try he tries to save the planet. <laughs> he does. That is those are seem to be his most prominent obligations. 
Um, Sorry for the pussy posse joke, but it was uh, just a little dated. I don't even know. I don't even know if he still hangs out with the pussy posse. I don't know what Jay Ferguson is up to these days. Well, the who's the entourage kid? Uh, Kevin Connolly. So he's directing that Gotti biopic that's coming out on like Directv or whatever it is with John Travolta, and I saw it. I think it was the Vulture. I think it was Vulture's trailer write up where they identified him as as like former entourage star and pussy posse member Kevin Connolly and they had a link to like a pussy posse story so I don't oh, think that that's going to go away anytime soon the pussy posse will live forever in uh, our hearts it's certainly well let's not say hearts but it certainly <laughs> seems like it um but yeah I I I will be eager for Tom Cruise to come do television so that I can interview him. Yes. I hope that there is a path that I have not seen in which he will reach this medium because I want him to be free to do whatever the hell he wants to do as an artist. But uh, so far, I would I would argue that he is probably going to stay on the big screen. He could eat Better something. He could, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, he does like to have creative involvement. Yeah, he, he would definitely produce whatever he was in. Yes. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, would he follow a? Would he follow one of his favorite directors? Would he follow Christopher McQuarrie Ooh. or Doug Liman over to a TV show? I I think actually that might be that might be it. That might be the way it happens. I don't think that's the way I want it to happen. But at the same time, we might. talked we talked about like you know he needs a director he likes to, or will who will push him to some degree. It's also it's also going to be interesting to me if he eventually hits a point where. Like you mentioned, if the Mission Impossible franchise runs out of steam, because that's the that's the biggest thing he has to fall back on right now. Right. If that stutters or fails or falls off or becomes unreliable, will he have to reinvent himself? And would television be part of the reinvention as it has been for others? I'm just shocked that you don't think Jack Reacher has legs. Oh, God, that second movie was not good. Mm. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing in the world because it still had Tom Cruise in it, but... <laughs> It wasn't great. Is is there a Tom Cruise movie you haven't seen in theaters that's come out in like the last ten years? Like you Probably. saw, it sounds like you saw the Mummy. I did. That was an abomination. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let's see, Mummy check, Mission Impossible check, Edge of Tomorrow check. Or wait, hold on. I'm ben not, is literally I'm not on Tom Cruise's page. Oh no. That was Christopher McQuarrie's page. Oh. Okay. Well, we're looking this up right now. We're going to get the answer to this question, which is apparently a very important one. Okay. I got to go see American Made. Yes. Ben has not um, seen American Made as we record this. Oblivion. Check. Jack Reacher. Check. Rock of Ages. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible. Night and Day. Valkyrie. Tropic Thunder. Lions for Lambs. Yep. Saw that in theaters. Uh, Mission Impossible 3. War of the Worlds. Collateral. Last Samurai. Austin Powers and Goldmember, Minority Report. I saw Vanilla Sky in theaters, Liz. Wow. Even at the young age of whatever I was, I made sure to see Kurt Russell and Tom Cruise on the big screen. Um, I think we'd have to go back to Magnolia. That would be the first one I didn't see in theaters because I believe I was too Underage. young and, and probably not ready to fully process that beautiful, beautiful film. Oh, Magnolia. I need to rewatch that. I've been meaning to do it. You need to specifically rewatch the scene starring Frank T.J. Mackey because he is an icon. He tells you things about the world. He explains it. I, I like when he sits silently and judges you. That's my favorite part. <laughs> of course. As, as Wait, that explains so much about you right now. Right. <laughs> right. 
I learned been... how to be a man from Frank T.J. I can't. No, it's too. No, yeah. Gee, oh, shut that down. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. American made. American made. In theaters now. In theaters now. Probably bombing at the box office, according to earlier projections. Oh, too bad. But we'll still see it, or Ben will at least see it. Nope. Liz, you made the commitment. No, nope. You're on board now. Nope. <laughs> if you don't see it tonight, no podcast next week. <laughs> we'll see about that. Battle of the Sexes, man. No, come on, Liz. Which one's going to be an Oscar contender come January? Battle of the Sexes, man. No. We'll see. In the meantime, Ben. One has Domhnall Gleeson in it. One does not. Mm. Starting to get to you. You're feeling it a little bit. Natalie Morales, though. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Suck it. In the meantime, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? Hold on. I'm looking up more of the cast and crew of American <laughs> Made because I think that maybe there's somebody I'm forgetting about. Caleb Landry-Jones. Eh. Jesse Plemons. Oh, I do like Jesse Plemons. Friday Night Lights star Jesse Plemons. Lance! Gotta see Lance. <laughs> Lance! Uh, Nothing makes me happier than Coach calling Jesse Plemons Lance. That's probably it. I mean, it's it's Tom Cruise, guys. Let's go. Okay. Uh, what would you ask me, Liz? I asked you what the best thing you watched last week was. Oh, great question. Um, the best thing I watched last week was probably uh, Big Mouth, but I talked about that last week. So I'm going to say that Speechless Season 2 premiere, which I feel has been widely underserved by the media during this intense, overwhelming premiere week. Um, it's still great, guys. Mini Driver. She screams oil a lot. Um, it's heartwarming, fun for the whole family, and it's very, very sharp. Like, it's the comedy on it is just whew, straight down the line. Uh, great. So nice. I would highly recommend everyone set that to your DVR, tune in on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, Wednesday nights on ABC. Uh, make sure you catch Speechless. It's fantastic. I will say that I watched you watch it here in the office i haven't seen it yet but i watched you watch it and you were delighted True. you seemed you you had seemed to have a really good time enjoy, watching that episode it's very well done and then i <laughs> then i got called out on twitter by one of the stars for using their wrong character name twice in the review ben my bad uh, i corrected and apologized okay that's but good anyway Liz, save me from embarrassment. What was the best thing you watched last week? Uh, I've watched so little, but I will say that the Brooklyn Nine-Nine premiere was really mm-hmm. delightful. Um, and, I mean, that show is, again, speaking of shows that go underserved, under underrecognized. Uh, you know, it's entering season five now, and it's it's just like, it's one of those shows where they actually really figured out what the show was in midway through season one, which is rare for a comedy. I feel like so- comedies can sometimes take a lot longer to kind of like get their footing. Um, but that show, it's one of the best ensembles on television right now. And uh, they, uh, as you listen to, uh, I believe Tuesday evening, uh, the second part of the two-part uh, season premiere will air. Uh, and that'll kind of, wrap up the big cliffhanger from last season and then we'll be back to cases as usual or will it um there's there's some intriguing stuff happening with the show because it's i feel like there's this interesting trend in general right now when it comes to like plot driven comedies that i'm really enjoying like i feel like there's a lot of like i don't know how many shows there are out there that are just like 
six friends hang out at a coffee shop. Like, a lot of times, oh, you're making your sad, pouty face. I miss friends. I know you do. It lives on It lives on Netflix forever. There's no new episodes, though. I know. But in me, in exchange, you get all these really interesting plot-driven comedies. And it's an interesting phenomenon that's probably worth discussing more in, more in detail. But, but instead, we asked, why will Tom Cruise never make television? Yeah, yeah. I do agree with you, though. Brooklyn Nine-Nine in particular has has been digging into a lot more extended arcs, a lot more serialized, uh, you know, diversions from just those kind of episodic, which they do very well. They do the episodic episodes extremely well. They're, they're right. uh, Again, they can rely on that ensemble whenever they need it to just kind of carry the show for a little bit. But they're also adventurous enough to try some stuff uh, like is going on in the in the season five. Season premiere? five. Yeah, season five premiere. So, um, yeah, good pick, Liz. I enjoyed it as well. I haven't seen the second part, but I saw the first. In the meantime, Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, the next thing I'm looking forward to is something I don't know a whole lot about, but I've been briefed on it by a couple of different people. Uh, it's the HBO documentary on Steven Spielberg, mm. simply titled Spielberg. Yes. Um, it's directed by... Oh, shoot. Liz I know knows. her. I know it because I have her freaking interview. She's got an interview in the queue. She knows the director. She's a talented director. Susan Lacey. Susan Lacey. And she made a fairly long documentary. I think it's like two and a half hours. It's really long. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit lengthy. Um, and I was unfortunately unable to attend the premiere last week because I had other obligations to other television shows. But uh, that does not lessen my excitement to see it. Um, I believe it premieres the Saturday as you're listening to this. Um, yeah. And it's. It, I've seen... I've seen I've seen a good chunk of it, and it's really interesting. Like, she does it basically as Susan Lacey before she started kind of doing her own sort of stuff. Uh, she, for 35 years or something, she was uh, basically like the executive producer of American Masters on PBS. Right. And she brings this like really in depth, like, study of uh, in depth study approach to the subject. Uh, so she really like. She really hones in on who Spielberg is. She gets, she does not talk to his wife or his children, but she does talk to his sisters and his parents, and that's interesting given like how Spielberg and Spielberg, Spielberg given how Spielberg and uh, his 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 treatment of fathers within uh, within his films has always been a very loaded issue. Like that's always interesting. So there's a lot of really interesting stuff with it. Yeah, that was actually the first comparison that somebody said to me was that it's a lot like a, a really well-made American Masters, um, which obviously makes sense, but uh, also is is very exciting, especially since American Masters has won a lot of Emmys. Oh, yeah. It's got like 12 or something, just yeah, for no, series. She's, she, I think she might actually be the record holder for like most Emmys won personally, or maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but she's got, she's got, some, she's got some bling. You're thinking of Julie Louis-Dreyfus. That's okay. Everybody gets them confused. Yes, definitely. Those two are completely interchangeable. Mm. Having been in the same room with both of them, like who? Completely interchangeable. Liz dropping some 
dropping some brags. Humble yeah, brag you know? Liz. Look, I'm just just hanging sing. out with, with Emmy winners who can't even carry all the Emmys they've got. When, when I say I was in the same room with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I mean I walked past her while she was on a red carpet. Oh, see, now it's gotten even closer. She wasn't just in the same room. She walked right past her. Next next year, Liz will be like, yeah, Julia waved we me. We were like, like 10 Liz, feet away. We were 10 feet so away. So good to see you again. Minimum. You're like, ah, oh, Julia, I've been meaning to have lunch. I'm just so busy. You're the one she wants to kiss on the mouth. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Liz, what was ben the... Wants, ben, li, li, I'm, I'm going to clarify this. Oh, Jesus. Um, Dave Mandel told Ben that Julie Dreyfus wants to kiss him on the mouth. This is not like us making this up. This was years ago. It was like a year was and a half ago. probably just an expression. No. It doesn't it, matter. She wants to kiss you on the mouth, and she is married, so you know that's a big thing. Well, she's... N- Never mind. Point being, Liz <laughs> loves Spielberg. I can't wait to see Spielberg. Yeah. We all will enjoy Spielberg and not just his movies. And Ben should get kissed on the mouth by Julia Lee Drive. I mean, I'd prefer to be kissed on the mouth by single women who are, you know, I can Oh, date. you're going to turn down Julia? I'm not going to turn it down. I'm just saying, you know, let's get some, let's get some, let's get some personal ads going. Uh, Liz, <laughs> what was the best thing you saw last week? Wait, you mean what is the next thing nope, you're looking forward to? No, I meant best thing. Other than Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and then you can seg into next thing, because I uh, know that's what you wanted to I, do. I've watched so little. <laughs> I figured you just wanted another shot to promote Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek Episode Three is really interesting, you guys. Yeah. I have to actually, like, literally, we're going to stop recording this podcast, and I'm going to watch it again right now. It's going to be really great. She's excited. I'm excited. Look, I'm just saying, Jason Isaacs is delightful. He Boom. called Tribbles Merkins. And I died, and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is the ghost of Liz recording live. Yes, indeed. Also, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this show called Smilf. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> what are you talking about? What show is this? Where'd they shoot it? They... Probably in fucking New York, right? No. Fuck that. That'd be stupid. Oh, it's only when you use your Boston accent that, that the F-bombs start flying. Oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta. You gotta. Um, yes, but Smilf, which is this upcoming uh, Showtime comedy uh, starring, created by, written and directed by, by a young lady named Frankie Shaw, who seems really good. Um, Where's she from? Great. She's from Boston. But where in Boston? Southie. Okay, I have it? Oh, okay, Southie. That's yeah. true blue right there. <laughs> I, I assume it's Southie. Um, but yes, uh, Ben, ben as, as an aficionado of so, of things set in Boston. Ben is very excited for Smilf. But I'm also excited. I think it's going to be a really interesting female-driven comedy. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Rosie O'Donnell, who is going to be... It's like... I, is it her first ever series regular role? Yes. I think they've promoted it that way. Uh, but she's playing uh, Frankie's mom. and uh, But not necessarily just like doing the Rosie thing. Like actually playing a character, which... I like. I like. I think Rosie O'Donnell's an underrated character actress. She's got good talent, that one. Yeah. You're so. forgetting a pretty big selling point, though, Liz. Which is? Uh, third actress in the in the third most prominent, oh, arguably Connie second. Oh, Britton. That's right. Coach's wife is in the show. Mrs. Coach herself. Yeah. Who was born in Boston, whether you can believe that or not, it's fucking true. She's co-starring in Smilf. I apologize for flipping the switch on Ben. but and It's eight straight weeks. Get fucking ready. It's going to be great. <laughs> God damn it. Socks got rocked last night. You, should, you shouldn't be happy about that. Well, you know, I can't hide my glee in saying it. 
But if you're gonna go, you can't you can't talk about the 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 Sox losing in a Boston accent and be happy. Well, yeah, usually you're, you're sitting down at the bar next to your buddy and just kind of trying to break the ice because you're both so fucking bummed about what happened the night before. So it's more of a Sox got rocked last night. And then they just kind of shake their head, and then you go rob a bank. It should be noted for the record that Ben's understanding of what happens in Boston is entirely informed by Ben Affleck movies. Mm-mm-mm. It's not entirely true. Hold on, I gotta think of one that's not. <laughs> mm. Come back to me. Come back. The Departed. That's true. The Departed, but you know, there's some questionable accent working there. Uh. <laughs> No, actually, I think you're right. I think they're all Ben Affleck movies. There you go. He's a great director. He is. If you haven't seen Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> if you haven't seen it. I'll pull your fucking cat. There you go. I was setting you up for that. Yeah. It's so good. Best oh. book ever written. Shout out to Dennis Lehane. Oh. Best movie of 2007, I think. 2000, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Same well, year that Will Be Blood came out. You probably won't be able to read anything about Gone Baby Gone at IndieWire.com, but you'll find lots of commentary on other things. That oh, you got to read some things. About <laughs> Gone Baby Gone? Yes. Oh, no. I've, ex- I've extended the challenge now, haven't how, I? How can I get a sandwich if I can naturally work Gone Baby Gone into my Smilf review? If you can more Like not just saying, like films set in Boston – Parenthetical, Gone Baby Gone, Gone, Goodwill Hunting, the town. If I can actually just like build off of a topic that's in both of them and thread it into the review, do I get an obvious sandwich? I will give you a sandwich if you can work it into three different reviews. Three? Wait, hold on. (laughs) Shows are your choice. Are you saying that two of them are like not Boston shows, but I still got a. Yeah. Three reviews. Three reviews. Over how long of a period? I'll give you to the end of October. The end of October? Jesus Christ. Uh. It's a, that's a month. That's a long time. There's less. Well, there's a good chunk of shows coming out. Yeah, I feel like you have. I feel like I, you can pull this off. <sighs> but it has to be natural. I'm gonna. We're we're gonna have to. We're gonna. One of these is gonna feel forced, but I, I don't think it'll feel forced to people who don't know that the bed is in place. I I, I will be really excited to know that if if someone actually calls us out on this. I've like, got two shows in mind. Okay. Beyond smell. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see if this happens then. All right. I, I think I, I think I can do it. All right. <laughs> so uh, we'll shake on it as as this happens with sandwich bets. Excellent. All right. We've shaken I on guess it. You're all our witnesses. You're all our witnesses. <laughs> but anyway,s point is you'll be able to see whether or not Ben pulls this off on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And if you like our podcast, make sure you listen to all the IndieWire podcasts, including Turn It On with Michael Schneider. Uh, Screen Talk with Eric Cohen and Ann Thompson, and of course, the wonderful Filmmaker Toolkit podcast with none other than the great Chris O'Fault. That's correct. Well, uh, you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travis. Oh, God. You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. That's also correct. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, whatever the things are that you do with podcasts. Uh, I'm trying this out. I'm trying to make this a thing now that we do, where we say, please actually, you know, do I, the other podcast. Did things. I say anything? I didn't say nothing. Yeah. I'm just sitting over here waiting for you to finish so I can go back to reading my book. Sure, of course. What's your book? 
I don't know, something by Tom Parada. Sure, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, why? Why? Because he's from Massachusetts. Of course. Best state in the world. <laughs> Iowa will be so sad to hear that. Well, Iowa and Indiana and Illinois. Indiana? I, I know. Mean, they're like fifth <laughs> tops. Maybe maybe not even top ten. Sorry, Ma. Oh. Ma will be so sad. I, I mean, I love Indiana. It's a great it's a great state. Evansville in particular. That's a wonderful town. Terre Haute's solid. Good Larry Bed restaurant there. Well, it closed, but it'll come back. Larry Legend. Go ticks. All back to Boston. I'm gonna get this accent better. Like this isn't a good. Like I, I kind of just started well, it. You, I just gotta, you, didn't, you didn't have any warm up. Yeah, really. I got a you, level. You just kind of got plunged gotta, into I it. Settle down. <laughs> It'll work out. A lot of coffee running through my vein right now. <sighs> thank, again, thank you guys for vein. listening to us. I'm so sorry. And until next week, just remember: keep watching television. Go Cubs! Thank you.